that scripture in Genesis where it says, you know, uh, that um, have dominion. That came, that was given before the fall. It was given before the fall of man. And so this whole taking dominion, expansion, authority, you know, all of those things, I believe, are right in the DNA of mankind. <clears throat> They're not just in the DNA of the kingdom. They're, they are in the DNA of mankind. So this desire to govern and rule lies in the hearts of all men. But like everything through the fall, it became twisted. And some of this I did share last time, but it's just it's core and I just need to do it. So what should have been the this righteous, godly, good um, blessing of God that went forth from the garden through this connection to him, which I'm going to come back to later, which carried his heart and his values, actually became the excuse for man or a nation to take control and to dominate. And so what God intended to do good and to be good for the earth actually became corrupted. And I love the Hebrew word um, for dominion, radar, R-A-D-A-H, because there's an implication in it that I don't think we have always understood or known. And it is taking dominion by going down and walking amongst the subjects as an equal. It is not a dominion from over and above, but from within. And that so points, and you can see how Jesus began to put so much of this right when he then you know, comes and tabernacles amongst us, lives amongst us. And that, I think, you know, points right back to what I was saying about transformation. You know, we need to bring transformation in that area where we are called and where we are living our lives. And Jesus then just released totally a different way to exercise dominion. And Revelation tells us that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony and I think we're beginning to really increasingly understand the power of both our testimony, but of our word. And that's not just our testimony from 50 years ago, but what God is doing now in our lives. But of um, not loving our lives unto death, but actually being willing not to say, uh, you know, I don't believe God is calling every one of us to, you know, necessarily physically lay down our lives. But there is a, an attitude of heart that says I'm laying my life down, Lord, to you. I'm willing to die to myself. But there is this aspect where it talks about the blood of the lamb and taking dominion is to do with overcoming. We have to overcome something. <clears throat> now, we know that Jesus's way of ruling and reigning, of taking dominion, 
was that he served, he came, he tabernacled amongst us, he served, he sacrificed himself, he surrendered to death on the cross. And then when he stood before the authorities who he knew were going to crucify him, he showed no sign of weakness. He was unpressured by the situation around him, <clears throat> or at least he didn't give in to that pressure. He could have called forth a legion of angels, we know that, to save him. But what his dominion in his own life looked like was that he walked in complete submission to the will of his father. <clears throat> And that is right back to that word righteousness. What does it mean to walk in righteousness for us? But he walked in complete submission to the will of his father. And therefore he brought us salvation and he gave us a different model. Now, if you focus for a minute on that word lamb, And I've just actually, I realize I've got a quote here. True dominion is found through surrender to God. That's the place of true dominion. Surrender to God. But as, you know, if we, we think of Jesus as the lamb and particularly over Easter, Jesus, the sacrificial lamb. We know that that was foreseen by the Old Testament prophets. It was foreshadowed by the sacrifices of the Old Testament, which they talked about with incredible detail. Just need to watch my time. And then Jesus came to restore all things. But if you look at that word lamb in the Old Testament, Exodus 29, 39 is one. There are lots of words for lamb. So often, you know, the case that we have one word and the Hebrew has 10. Most of them revolve around being a young sheep. Most of them are to do with, um, you know, the traditional meaning of a lamb. But actually when it is referring to the sacrifices that point to Jesus. The Hebrew uses a different word, and it's the word kebesh, K-E-B-S. And it actually comes from an unused root. It's a slightly different emphasis to the word dominion because it comes from the word dominate. And it actually refers not to, to you know, a, a, the the lamb, which is female, but for a ram, which is old enough to butt, it's old enough to push other, other sheep around. It's old enough to start to exert its strength and its power. And if you unpack the word dominate, just in ordinary dictionaries or online, it has this same aspect of governing and ruling by a superior authority, but it leans towards the negative connotation. It leans over towards overruling, overshadowing, prevailing over. 
domineering, ruling the roost, you know, towering over. So it is about dominion, but it's got this negative, unpleasant angle to it. And as I just looked at that, I just realized that right from the the Old Testament, right from before time, as we know, God knew what would happen in the garden because he had already prepared for his land to come. But he very specifically provided in the blood of Jesus for this aspect of human nature that would cause mankind to want to dominate, rule, tower over, overshadow, and all the negatives that come out of that heart attitude. And it also, he also provides, so he provides for that to be covered in terms of who we are, that we can be cleansed from that ourselves. But it also provides, he provides in his blood for the healing of those very specifically who have been damaged by that wrong use of domination of others. And so for me, it's just Jesus came and, you know, this whole, his desire, he tabernacled amongst us to give this picture that actually kingdom dominion is not about ownership. It's about a heart to steward the goodness of God to people around us. And so as we, as God begins to prepare us for this, this movement as he begins to even release us into it, if he, you know, as he begins to, you know, for many of us here, you know, are people who will pray for this movement, that we, we recognize what it is that we are praying for or what it is that God wants to release and that there is a mindset change and a mindset shift in us. And I just, you know, so I believe it's individual. When we did this seminar um, a few weeks ago, and even we just did it very briefly online on Facebook, and I just prayed through the prayers, which I'll pray through in a minute with you guys. We had testimonies, people coming back and just saying, wow, that just so affected me. And others, you know, that felt the shift in the atmosphere. And it's because it's, this is in our DNA. We all know that, you know, we are, we tend, most of us perhaps do both. We can dominate and we can be dominated, but some are damaged by that. But as a nation, it's like there is a key because as God wants to reconnect us as a nuclear family, as the four nations of the United Kingdom and even with Southern Ireland, maybe, and as God wants that extended family to come together, we have to unlock what has been done of the past. But also we have to make sure 
that as we go forward and even as our governments go forward in the next years and so on, that they don't fall and we don't fall into the errors of the past. Now, there will always be mistakes. God covers those mistakes, but there has to be a fundamental shift and understanding. And so, you know, this righteous mandate to exercise dominion is about releasing his influence on the earth, the power uh, and healing of his kingdom, this kingdom. And that we as God's people surrender to his will and that we don't actually Therefore, actually, well, let's say we surrender his will so that this movement carries his glory and it carries his healing power and his goodness, his values and his heart. Are you with me so far? <laughs> okay, great. Step by step. Okay, I've got one other little thing to share, and then I just want to pray something. But you know, look, there's lots of teaching being out there. You know, there are lots of books to read right now. So I don't want to say stuff that so many know. But the early church was not like our churches. You know, the early church, I believe, was on fire. It was full of passionate people who really met with God. We know they met in homes. It was not hierarchical, but they had the fivefold ministries that traveled around to equip so that the people were were empowered and equipped. You know, they worshiped together, they ate together, but their focus was not about, um, you know, the church sustaining itself, but their focus was that the world would be reached. And so it wasn't built on uh, you know, what historically has been our model, which many call the pastoral model. And I, I do believe that God is shifting the church to becoming a mighty army. And for us to become a mighty army, which is a fantastic phrase, but, you know, it takes a little um, a living maybe, but uh, we all have to be empowered as I said, and equipped and encouraged to discover our particular call and purpose. And that's why we're hearing so much more now about the apostles and the prophets and that whole apostolic element and the fivefold ministries. But, you know, that early church was basically shut down by Constantine. It was shut down. And I, you know, they have been massively persecuted, horribly, hugely persecuted. And then comes, here comes this emperor who says, you know, I've converted to Christianity. I'm going to stop all this persecution. But of course, you know, and so you, you, as a church in that day, I think you would have said, well, hooray, you know, God has answered our prayers. But what, you know, wasn't understood then, and perhaps we're only just really unpacking uh, now, is that he, you know, he, he historically had wor worshipped Mithras, uh, he was known as the high priest, you know, within that context. And by Roman law, the emperor was in charge of all religious affairs. 
And so he shifted the church. He did legalize Christianity. He did stop persecution and he did give money and land to the church. But he basically changed the model and eventually he actually stopped the house churches from meeting. He um, he built the big church in Rome where the front was you know, reserved for the clergy and everybody else who was used to all, you know, being able to participate within the whole worship and to share and to do all those things, suddenly all the ordinary people were allowed to just come in and to listen. And what I want to just say is because of our history, which connects Christianity in this nation right back to Rome, there is an aspect at which Christianity, even as it flows through your day and you know DNA and mine, has got a seed of this in us. And it also really has uh, shifted, I believe, that that whole empire spirit and, as I say, the whole uh, dominion mandate, if you like, just it, it, it sums something up, you know, the dominion mandate sums something up. But they got twisted together so that the British Empire, instead of just releasing the gospel and just releasing the kingdom, carried with it this whole kingdom, this, sorry, this whole empire aspect, which meant, well, we have to make these nations look physically like ours as well as spiritually like the kingdom of God. Is that okay? Are we there? Have you got it? <laughs> All right. So it's half past 10. So I think what I'm going to do, um, I'm going to just pray through the, the prayers that I put out originally, which will take five minutes. Then we're going to have a break. Then I'm going to come back and do the more simple personal teaching. But I do have some um, sort of, you like, freedom prayers that go around this whole Roman aspect, the Roman church aspect. And that's not about a denomination, because all of our denominations were offshoots of the Roman church. And no traditions that have been added in Are valid you know any church tradition will crush the life so it's not just you know because of this Roman element which has been so significant um, you know there's a little bit of a focus there but there are other things and it's just that's I'm not talking about a denomination so let's just pray this through now and then we're going to have that break and then come back we'll see what the time the time is <clears throat> And so, Lord, we just, we come before your throne. Lord, that there might be a reset, Lord, in our hearts, in our perspectives, in our understanding. Lord, that as we go from here, Lord, we will align individually and as a nation with kingdom values, <clears throat> 
and Lord, the mistakes of the last era not repeated. And so, Lord, in this day, when you are realigning nations, Lord, we praise you for the calling you have put upon the United Kingdom to preach the gospel and to bring in your kingdom. And Lord, we thank you again for that apostolic fathering and mothering anointing that you have put upon this land. And we confess where Christianity in the West was linked and shaped by the Roman Empire and the Holy Roman Empire and was grafted into and reinforced by an empire spirit. And we confess where it was connected to that empire spirit using military power, political power, religious power, and economic power, operating from a corrupted understanding of your dominion mandate. And Lord, we confess any place where we, your people, your church, have exercised a wrong authority, quenching or controlling the people that we were meant to release, damaging others and hindering your work. We confess whereas individuals we have wrongly used the authority that you have given and we have desired to control or to dominate or even allowed others to control or dominate us even within families or within marriages we stand and we confess and repent where as a nation we established the British Empire which became the Commonwealth taking dominion not from the mandate cleansed by the blood of Jesus but out of that dominion mandate that was twisted and distorted by the fall of man in the garden and we stand before your throne and we ask for mercy and we ask for healing for ourselves and for the nations which we have affected. And now, Lord, we decree and we declare a reset that even as the dominion mandate given in the garden was cleansed by the work of Jesus on the cross, so from this point on in the United Kingdom, the past actions of this nation will be cleansed and forgiven through the blood of Jesus. Shame will be broken and the nation free to step into its God-given identity for the days ahead. That individuals will be unashamed of the gospel and unashamed of their uniqueness and the uniqueness of call upon this land. Yet honouring, respecting 
and empowering the gifts and call of God upon others and other lands. And in the name of Jesus, we decree in the days ahead, this nation will release the wisdom, purpose and heart of the kingdom of God. And God is bringing a reset that the God-given identity and call upon this land will be recovered and restored, including the call to protect the freedom of the gospel, the freedom of the church, and the call to establish righteousness, justice, mercy, and godly governance. And we decree, even as nations were birthed from these shores and knowledge and wisdom transferred across continents, the apostolic fathering and mothering anointing will again arise across this land, that fathers and mothers will arise, even, Lord, for this generation which are coming forth. But we decree a turning, that in this season, God's heart will be our heart and his ways, our ways. Amen.